0: Hello and welcome to BJGP interviews. My name is Ewan Lawson. In this episode, we have Dr. Claire Friedman Smith, who is a senior researcher at the Nuffield Department of Primary Care at the University of Oxford. And the paper is Building the Case for the Use of Gut Feelings in Cancer Referrals Perspectives of Patients Referred to a Non Specific Symptoms Pathway. Okay, so we've had a few papers recently on gut feelings and I started by asking Claire to tell us a little bit more about the background to gut feelings and the current state of the research.
1: Yeah so this paper is the third paper, um, the last of three and the first two papers were were a systematic review on gut feeling where we looked at all of the literature around gut feeling um, and what the literature told us was that it's very widely used in primary care Um, and interestingly that Gut feeling is quite predictive of cancer as well. So when uh, a GP has a gut feeling for cancer with their patient, um, they tend, or more often than not, they do they do have it. So it's, it's predictive. Um, there were some concerns around gut feeling, around it being um, perceived as being unscientific. And um, so that was what led us then into our second study, which was to interview GPs about how exactly they use gut feeling with I guess the purpose of moving towards how do we make gut feeling more acceptable? Um, How do we bring it into the consultation in a way that is um, evidence-based and works with evidence-based practice? Um, And from our GP interviews, they echoed a lot of the things that we found in our systematic review um, in that they were also worried about it being unscientific. um, But they said that they used it lots And um, they found it particularly useful for patients with vague symptoms. Um, And they felt like it grew with their experience. So the more experienced they become, the the better their gut feeling was. And they really valued being able to talk to colleagues about um, cases, particularly if they were less experienced, and then being able to use their colleagues' experience as well as their own to grow their gut feeling and make decisions, sometimes where maybe the symptoms were vague or there wasn't very much information. So that led us on then to our third paper um, where we interviewed patients. So we had learned from the systematic review that um, gut feeling can be predictive of cancer and other serious diseases as well. And also that there was some concerns around it not being very scientific. And GPs were concerned both that colleagues would find it not very scientific, but also that patients would as well. So we thought, well, if it has the potential to impact on the patient's journey, to a diagnosis, and also that people are saying, "Oh, they may not find it a, an acceptable a referral criterion, that we should probably speak to them about it. Um, so that's what we did. So we interviewed 21 patients, and they, these were patients who had been referred to a vague symptoms cancer pathway. And as part of that referral, their GP had said that they had a gut feeling about this patient. So we were able to talk to the patients about their own experience of being referred based on the gut feeling as well um yeah and just ask them about how they felt about that how they felt about gut feelings in general
0: yeah so an incredibly important aspect now of looking into gut feelings is as you say there just check that the patients feel okay about it because the evidence seems to be tilting towards it being an important um kind of mechanism that gps are going to determine when patients need to be referred and you know and obviously we're all very aware of the sort of very mechanistic protocolised processes for sending people to hospital in two week waits and actually this gut feeling I know it's been popular because GPs you have this sense as well that you know that patients who don't people don't fit the boxes nicely often and yet if you're experienced you can be Particularly, um you can have concerns. We've got to be careful; we don't just play into GPs' confirmation bias, of course. But the evidence seems to suggest that, in fact, actually, there is. There's definitely something there. But as you suggest, now patients' feelings are incredibly important about it and their experiences with it. So,
1: what did you find? So we found. Well, we found that patients uh, had a really good understanding of the conditions that GPs make decisions in. So they understood that GPs often work. Um, In situations where they don't have the full information, um, perhaps where symptoms haven't fully developed and become apparent what the underlying disease is, they understood that GPs didn't always have access to testing that would give them the information that they needed and that they had to make decisions under time pressure and with a full waiting room outside and everything else. So they understood all that and they felt that because of those reasons, being able to use your clinical intuition or gut feeling was useful. So interestingly, um, patients were really supportive of the use of gut feeling and clinical intuition when it was for a referral, when it was maybe um, an intuition where the GP felt reassured about um, the underlying illness, maybe that it was going to be self-limiting and that they didn't need to be investigated. Patients were less supportive of its use under those circumstances. They They wanted to be reassured. They wanted to be told for certain and have tests and be told that they they didn't have something serious like cancer um and i guess that again it probably comes down to a lot of the messaging around cancer and how you need to be referred very quickly and you shouldn't wait um, to be tested if you feel like you have cancer and that i think that was why patients were saying that rather than saying that the intuitional gut feeling of the gp wasn't valid but it was more sort of a concern around cancer
0: uh, one of the things that really impressed me about the results was just how well patients did understand the, the, some of the difficulties around um, referring and getting into the hospital system. And I, I know they mentioned grey areas in particular at one point.
1: Yeah, so these were all patients who had had vague symptoms. So they really understood that the the grey area of not quite fitting into two-week referral pathways. And they talked about Having to be put into boxes and pigeonholed, and how that was difficult for the GPs, and GPs having to make referrals to specific um, sort of organ-based or site-based pathways. So they really they did have a good understanding of how difficult that could be, and again from their own experience of having vague symptoms, and some of them had spent a while trying to get a diagnosis and had experienced the back and forth that can happen. Um, so. Yeah, they were supportive of the use of intuition.
0: Yeah, there's a great quote there. And you mentioned there about pigeonholes. And I I really like the quote, which was actually, you know, and you've got to put them in the pigeonhole to send them to hospital. And you have to go through these, excuse the word, bloody protocols. (laughs) And I have no doubt that there are many GPs across the country who have sworn about protocols in the past. So that Mm -hmm. captures that really nicely. Um, So in terms of the communication around gut feelings, how did patients feel about that?
1: Well, not a lot of them said that they had necessarily been told by their GP when they were referred that that was the reason why they were being referred. Certainly the word was not used very much. It was more a case of, I have a feeling that you need to be investigated or seen at the hospital. Um, Some of them felt like they they didn't necessarily mind being told that that was why they were being referred, because they had had maybe a long-term relationship with their GP. They knew them quite well. And they also believe that because of GP's training and their experience that if anybody is going to have an intuition that's reliable, it's going to be these people with all of their years of experience. Um, we also spoke a little bit about patients' own gut feeling for their health and whether they would communicate that to their GP. That um, They were more reluctant to do that. So a couple of them said that they would, again, because of this trusting and long-term relationship that they had with their GP. Others said that they would be more reluctant to, because they felt, because they didn't have the clinical experience, basically, they felt like maybe saying that would be not as valid to their GP. So they would say that they had concerns, but they wouldn't necessarily describe it as an intuition or a gut feeling in the same way that they accepted that GPs would have that kind of intuition and gut feeling interesting
0: what we should talk a little bit about the potential drawbacks of gut feeling and i know the gps and patients did have some views on that
1: the concerns were quite similar across the two different groups so patients just like the gps had said were worried that if referrals were just made on a gut feeling um, without any other backup there was a potential to overwhelm the sort of specialist or secondary care systems particularly if the gut feeling is not a, is not a correct one and the tests are being done unnecessarily um that wasn't that was much that was a much bigger concern for the gps than for the patients again they, they had this feeling that they wanted to be investigated um a couple of the patients suggested that gut feelings be kept track of and you could almost score your gut feeling so if you got nine out of ten right then you were doing fine but if you only got one out of ten right then maybe you should start you know, thinking about whether this was something you should be using um which was quite interesting um yeah and then again about the the referrals or non-referring based on um a reassurance intuition they were they were uh, not so supportive of that
0: uh, yeah i think that's interesting and that, that sort of fits with a, what my you know, experience of clinical practice is that I think your patients were quite happy to be sent forward for further investigation. Yeah. Um, if you say it was a gut feeling, I could imagine that fitting very nicely. But if you started saying that to somebody on the telephone or when you were seeing them in a the consultation that you didn't want to see them because you really had a gut feeling there was nothing going on, yeah. I could imagine that going consultation going south very quickly. Um, yes. <laughs> and not, not being not going, and you probably have to more emphasise the evidence that's in front of you in terms of the whether it's the um, the, the clinical observations or anything or what else it might be so that certainly chimes quite nicely it is it's slightly concerning i suppose it does lead to a slight there's a quite natural human tendency for over investigation i know that we're always criticized for investigating but it's a slightly human thing that people in terms of weighing risks and benefits people are probably inclined towards being investigated rather than not
1: yeah absolutely and the literature shows us that as well you know patients are particularly when it comes to cancer, they're always very pro having more investigations. Um, And the understanding of over-investigation and the dangers around invasive testing, for example, are not very well understood. So perhaps there's an interesting educational piece there to be I, well.
0: and a, a very tough one to fix and as you say when it comes to screening or any investigation for cancer people just don't weigh the the downsides of the iatrogenic harm in nearly the same way and even if someone gets damaged they're still left with uh, well at least I don't have cancer and yes. kind of, they're all they're still relieved in some way so it's a real it's a real i mean that's a well-documented paradox in that regard well, so just finally claire where do you think we need to go next with the research you've obviously produced a really nice set of papers here that have told us a lot more about gut feeling where do you think the m um, research should head which direction
1: yeah so i think it would be really useful to start trying to measure gut feeling in a more quantitative way and to make sure that it is recorded in clinical records and in referrals so that we can really start to look at when gut feeling referrals are made and what the outcomes of those are and how you can then maybe produce case studies to help younger GPs to learn how to use their clinical intuition. Um, I know in our systematic review, we did find some papers where they did try to quantify. And obviously we did the meta-analysis as well. One of the slight limitations of that, though, was that these were generally studies that had been set up. So the GP always had to, they were told to mark down when they had an intuition, which could potentially lead to sort of noticing intuitions or seem or feeling like you had a, an intuition when maybe you didn't so if, i believe that if it was just recorded just always you would then remove that feeling of being watched um having your your intuition scrutinized and maybe you would get a more natural i suppose um picture of how gut feelings and chemical intuition works and what the outcomes are of it Claire, it's an excellent
0: paper and an excellent series of papers. Um, thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you very much for listening to this BJGP podcast. The original research papers and articles can be found at bjgp.org. The show notes and podcast audio can be found at bjgplife.com. Do share if you've enjoyed it. Subscribe via all the usual places, including Apple Podcasts, Google, Spotify, or your podcaster of choice. Thanks again.